as entrepreneurs, we all want to make a difference, but you know, the world changes, our world changes, and we have to adapt. We, you know, in Silicon Valley, where I, I'm fortunate to be, we call it a pivot, and many of us are very familiar. I've got an entrepreneur and a good friend with us today who has just mastered the art of pivot. One unbelievable pivot and a lot of fine tuning uh, along the way to become a very successful entrepreneur. And we're together in the uh, Genius Network Mastermind Group. And I was just with uh, uh, Randy Hartnell and I, I just wanted him to share his story with my good friends, our audience, and help you make a huge difference because we're all faced with challenges along the way. And it's, you know, many of us have been knocked down by more than two by fours. <laughs> and it's, we're not judged by how we get knocked down, but how we get back up and really make a difference. And we have the opportunity to make a huge difference today. I'm John Bowen. This is AES Nation, all about accelerating your success. Stay tuned, you do not wanna miss these lessons. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com so excited to have you here today. First of all, thank you very much. Hi, John. It's uh, great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, and it was all I could do not to tell in the introduction your background and how you got to where you are because you have done a massive uh, pivot and you're very successful at both, but the world changes along the way. And, you know, and, and you and I have known each other for a number of years and we've shared, you know, and helped each other. Um, I, I want to share you with our audience now, and but before I go into some of the life lessons that you've shared with me and taught me, I want you to give a little bit of background so they have a framing. So tell me kind of how you got started in all this. I always joke that you know we don't wake up at age five, at least most of us. There were a few <laughs> that I've interviewed in over 200 podcasts that said, yeah, I did wake up at five, age five and I was gonna do this business, but most of us didn't. But tell us kind of how you evolved into having this, you know, really exceptional uh, you know, business that's helping so many people stay healthy. Well, thanks, John. Be happy to uh, share that story. Uh, I guess it started when I was uh, going to school. I was uh, in college at Berkeley pursuing an English degree. And I had intended to go to law school after I got my English degree. And along the way, I, uh, I needed to find a way to make some money in the summers and uh, managed to land a job on a fishing boat up in Alaska. And so I started going up there in the summers and it was great physical work. You're out in nature, you're off the grid and uh, really fell in love with it. So when I graduated with my uh, English degree, rather than go to law school, I decided to become a full-time fisherman. Well, that, that is required, right? An English degree for fishing in Alaska. I always think of the deadliest catch watching that show. And I'm not sure that I've seen too many English majors on it. Randy. Well, I like to tell people that there are actually quite a few college graduates. Yeah. Crab. They just don't, they're not quite as colorful as, uh, as some of the people that get chosen for that show. But uh, anyway, I, I uh, fell in love with it. It was uh, 
you know, you're working out in nature, it's physical, it's uh, really the last of the hunter and gatherer occupations, you're actually hunting these fish and it's, it's very competitive, it's primal, you're sort of feeding your tribe and uh, it's just really unusual. And, uh, and I would go up in the summertime when the salmon were running and so it, it wasn't like you see on Deadliest Catch where we were out in the ice and the snow and the giant waves, it was relatively uh, humane. Uh, fishery. So, love doing that. I bought a boat and then a couple more boats, and I had different crews. I had boats specialized for different fisheries, do herring and salmon, and uh, uh, was doing that for, like I said, close to 20 years. I probably would still be doing it, except uh, along about now 18, 20 years ago, farm salmon started to explode on world markets. And uh, over the course of a relatively short time, just a couple of years, our price collapsed. We had been a little arrogant, you know, I think as maybe a lot of people can be when they think they're, they've got a good thing going and they kind of forget about the competition. And we felt that, you know, our fish, our wild salmon were so superior to the farm salmon that were out there. There was no way anybody would, you know, want those more than ours, but they had the advantage of, they had a lot of advantages. Uh, they had, uh, they were cheaper. They were available 365 days a year. They could be delivered fresh. Nobody really knew the difference between farmed and wild salmon, significant environmental differences, nutritional differences. So in a very short time, all of a sudden our prices started collapsing. And at the end, we held on as long as we could. Randy, how, how far did they go down? I mean, I'm trying to remember the time uh, frame of this. <laughs> we were getting 40 cents a pound for these beautiful wild sockeye salmon that you know, are probably the most nutrient dense. It's my food. favorite fish in the world too. So. It's incredible yeah. you know, the value and I didn't really at that time even understand the, how what a nutritional powerhouse they were. I mean they are the ultimate superfood. I can explain that more later but anyway uh, the bottom line was they didn't want to pay us for much for them basically bread and water. What, what, what? so uh, did it go down by it went down to third? about 40 cents a pound. Okay what was the high point? Uh, I think Four to five times that, four or five hundred. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, so enough that everybody noticed it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if all of a sudden your income went to twenty percent of what you've been yeah, making. No. Less. I pivoted at about sixty percent, and that's yeah. So <laughs> well, that, that's happened, a big one. Quickly, and the thing that made it especially difficult is that was about the time the uh, the internet bubble exploded, and uh, uh, just a lot of difficult things going on about that time. It kind of came together and. Uh, I knew when I got to the end of the season and didn't have enough to pay my crew that <laughs> I needed to start looking for something else to do. So how yeah. did you, you know, I mean, and I'm going to just flash the website here. I mean, you've got one of the most successful, uh, you know, seafood, uh, wild seafood and organic uh, on the Internet. I mean, you probably couldn't have imagined at the time the Internet's just starting, your business is collapsing where you are. But how did you make that pivot? I mean... You know, I mean, one, you, know, you got I, knocked down, so you had to do something, but... Yeah, I had a friend at the time, we were all in the same boat, we are all trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do here, and uh, he called me up and invited me out to dinner one night, and he, he said, Randy, I think I've got a tiger by the tail. I've been taking some of my fish around to supermarkets around the country and setting up a barbecue and barbecuing and telling a story to the, to the people coming to the store and then selling the fish in the store. And when they learn the differences between our salmon and the farm salmon, they they totally want ours and uh, you know they're, they're willing to pay for it and the thing is the problem is that most stores 
only have farmed salmon. So uh, that was really a boost. It made me realize that once people got the message, once they learned the difference, that they wanted what we had, they just couldn't get it. And I occasionally would have people contact me and say, Randy, I want wild salmon. Where can I find it? And eventually I, I told this one woman who was, was especially persistent that, uh, well, I can send you some. And then along about that time, I happened to catch a, uh, an Omaha Steaks commercial on TV. I think I was up late one night trying to figure out how the hell I was going to pay our bills. <laughs> and uh, saw this Omaha Steaks infomercial. I thought, I later found that they were selling like $80 million worth of uh, this red meat that you can buy at any grocery store on the internet. And whereas we had this incredibly healthy, sustainable wild salmon that you couldn't find anywhere at the time. And I had access to lots of it. I had a lot of knowledge about it. And so all of that came together uh, to where I, I, I kind of had this light bulb moment that maybe I could ship my wild salmon through the mail to people like Omaha Steaks does. So we really built the company based on uh, that model, and it continues till today. Well, and I, you know, there's so many lessons in that. I think I'm going to go to one real quick. Just the power of story that I, you know, and uh, I'm with a lot of fellow CEOs going out to dinner a lot, and I know if there's salmon on the menu. Everybody asks whether it's farm raised or it's wild now, and it's it's amazing that transition where nobody cared. Where now, if it's not wild, they won't order it or they won't buy it. I don't go to grocery stores. I've got a fortunately a great wife does, but uh, the but the, you know that's it, it is the power of you know because most why would most people know the difference and they wouldn't unless there was a powerful story to do it. So I mean it's. It's just, you know, all of these steps along the way are amazing. Yeah, that's been one of our guiding principles and missions uh, from the very beginning was to, to educate people, you know, for their benefit, for our benefit, for the benefit of the industry. There's one, one thing, thing that people don't think about it. You know, we have this saying, uh, if you want to eat, if you want to save wild salmon, you need to eat wild salmon. And what that means is you need to support the wild salmon industry because that is the most powerful political voice for the salmon uh, and uh, in contrast to that if, if everybody had to get out of uh, you know get out of the fishing industry uh, the local people have to have alternative sources of income and so if they can't make a living catching fish they invite different industries in that are no friend to wild salmon so for instance mining drilling uh, just resource extraction, hydroelectric dams, or just all uh, tourism. In some places in Alaska, say Ketchikan, for example, which used to be a sort of ground zero for fishing in uh, southeast Alaska, when the fishing industry was on the verge of collapse during that time, they built a massive dock on the waterfront and uh, started uh, soliciting cruise ships. And I went up there a few years ago, and here were five giant cruise ships off the coast, coast of that, off that dock, that little tiny uh, fishing town. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's wonderful for people to go up there and to be able to experience that, but it's not really that great for the. Uh, yeah, it's not great the for the environment. I, it, you know, it's a delicate balance because I, I, had, I had the opportunity to go fishing. With, I have a friend that lives on the, has a home on the Kenai Peninsula. And my wife and I went out with him and had never caught a wild salmon at that point. And uh, 
she immediately caught a 38 pound one. Unfortunately, I caught a 48 pound one, you know, the <laughs> wow, half an hour nice later. One. Yeah, and it was before they were letting you fish with live bait. So they only brought two in that day and we got, I mean, or 10 of them and we got two. And, and it's just, you know, being that beautiful setting and pristine and just, you know, flying in, it's just spectacular. And, you know, you want to preserve that. and. There's nothing like eating on the back deck uh, salmon, you know, at that. So it was just amazing. And it leads me to kind of the first, you know, we, I want to go over a number of lessons you and I were talking about. And one is, you know, be passionate about something you really care about. And I, you know, I know you care about this, but you know, give us kind of, you know, as we're coaching our fellow entrepreneurs, sharing life lessons, Randy, why is that so important in building your business? Well, I think the ideal is to have one of those jobs that doesn't feel like work. And if you're doing something you love, and I think it has a oftentimes it has a lot to do with helping other people. You're making other people's better, other people's lives better, whether it's through financial services or the food or you know, countless other ways. It's just something that feeds you. And uh, I have a, a doctor friend, very well-known pediatrician. And he has this term called the helper's high, that when you help somebody, especially in a, a really important fundamental way, like their financial security or their health through through better food or whatever, uh, it, you know, I think there's a dopamine rush that you get there and it's just very gratifying. And there's nothing better to be addicted to than uh, you know, helping others. So, uh, and I've just been fortunate to fall into this uh, profession were and, and when I was a fisherman I didn't really know much about the nutritional quality of seafood but I've learned so much and realized that it's really if there's a, such a thing as a silver bullet uh, in the way of food uh, seafood is it's got to be close to it so well, one of the things, uh, you know, I want to go back to, we'll, we'll do a little later, I want to go to your website, because one of the things you have shared, and, you know, you've shared with me, we've had some health challenges in our family situation, just showing you research on how you can improve it, how you can make a difference uh, with your diet. And, you know, this is you know, one of the things, uh, somebody told me, you know, be passionate about your business. And, you know, they had a little different thing. They said, you know, just... You know, if you're not passionate, you know, business beats you down, <laughs> you know, and you'll give up. And it's that persistency because you're passionate, you love it, and you get the high, as you're saying, Randy. You know, I mean, there is such a high from helping people making a difference in this world that, uh, you know, very few people get. I mean, this is one of the best things about being an entrepreneur. But, you know, one of the, you and I have had this conversation many times before is, the importance of having the right team, surrounding yourself by people, you know, smarter than you, you know, A players versus every once in a while you'll see, no, you should hire B or C. But, you know, share your thoughts on this. No, I, uh, I think it was Steve Jobs and probably others that said that a, a single A player can run circles around a team of B and C players. And I just have found that to be very true. And it's not only that uh, a player can deliver a lot more. Uh, they like to work with other A players. So when we finally figured this out and realized that we had to upgrade certain parts of our team, uh, we went out and found one of these A players. And it's just incredible, you know, how much more he was doing than his predecessor. And he also, you know, has a network of other A players 
that he can draw upon to help help us with different projects that he can recruit into the company if, if that's appropriate. It's just uh, it's just some of the best money we've ever spent. No, it's, it and I I totally agree. I, I've always tried to do that. I've at occasion actually I've hired. B players and live to regret it. Oftentimes you have to do multiple B players and then you're telling them what to do. A players just make a difference. I, I was just thinking my next door neighbor, I was reading the book, uh, Steve Jobs' book on, uh, I think it was Walter um, Isaacson. Isaacson wrote and his name came up and uh, he had been fired from the three main companies <laughs> that Steve started. And he's a really good A player, but uh, I guess Steve and he didn't uh, work well together, but Steve hired him every new company he started <laughs> and fired him too, uh, type thing. So I was, I was asking Dave, he's got some great stories. I'll just leave it at that. But the, you know, this is one of the things that's so easy to kind of go a little bit cheap on this. and. You know, if you're in, if you're doing something you're passionate about and you really want to make a difference, nobody created anything good alone. You've got to have some really good people. And But, you know, so, I mean, we, we've got this passion. We've got an A team. And you, you build one heck of a business, Randy. And, you know, one of the things I know you're passionate about, and we've talked about this, is, you know, the, the client slash customer experience. And give a little bit of your thoughts on that, because I think this is really helpful for all of us is, you know, with everything changing so much, you know, we, we kind of think we've got to be novel on everything and we can miss what's important. Well, I, I like I mentioned to you at one point, uh, we spent a lot of a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to worry about or worrying about where things are going and what's changing and how do we keep up with change. and. And I, I saw an interview with Jeff Bezos one time that uh, who's a pretty successful entrepreneur. So yeah, it, 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 for the one person out of the <laughs> ten thousand plus listening to CEO of Amazon. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> and he said what he focuses on is what's not going to change. You know, five years from now, people are still going to want value, and they're still going to want good customer service. And uh, so I really took that to heart. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, we've always ran our business based on the golden rule. And uh, it's a bit cliche, but it, it's true. You know, if you treat other people the way you want to be treated, generally, you're going to be, be uh, better off. So we put a lot of energy and resources into building a really excellent customer service team, 24 seven live calls, uh, you know, all of our operators are local or domestic and uh, very knowledgeable. And, just do everything we can to try to improve that customer experience. And uh, now with so many different companies getting into the home delivery food business, it's, you know, it's more critical than ever. We have to differentiate ourselves. And that's, that's one area that, you know, that we have under our control. We can take really great care of our customers. And it's paid off. We have an industry leading uh, retention rate among our customers. And, uh, well, so, I think, yeah, one of the things, Randy, it's it's really interesting because more recently, one of my businesses, I have a membership program and I, uh, you know, we're doing the pro formas and I'm a big, you know, I've always been a financial guy. So everything I do, we pro forma out and see it's a rational decision. And one of the things that just shocked me that I didn't realize, um, you know, the retention, monthly retention of a monthly membership program uh, for you know my business, uh, 
you know, let's say a thousand members at four hundred dollars a month. The difference between, you know, classically, you know, most businesses keep them for three or four months, and you know, huge, huge, you know, lose a third a month. You know, we're we're looking at well, we can do better, and you know, the difference between uh, somewhere between ten and five percent. Well, that difference in uh, you know, in a two-year ramp up of the business made a difference between four to six million dollars of EBITDA and really probably if we were to sell the business you know at least 10 million dollars a difference and it's like okay should I have that one extra client service experience you know person doing the call as you're saying and you know we lose sight of this uh, you know forget about if you're not going to take good care of your clients which you should or your customers but the lifetime value and with the competition, this is huge. Oh, it's so true. In fact, we just did a, a in-depth lifetime value assessment uh, of our uh, customer base. And what we discovered, it was the first time we done it in a few years. And what we discovered was, I mean, we have customers that ordered from us as many as 100 times. And, uh, but what we discovered is when somebody has ordered from us five times, generally they're, they're not going anywhere they're comfortable and satisfied and we don't really need to be spending a lot of money advertising to those people. We can take what we had been directing, you know, try, trying to uh, uh, advertise to them and, and get more people in, in the door in the first place. And, well, it's a, there's a new book out called Retention Point, a guy, uh, Robert Scope, and I, I thought it was really interesting. It's an hour read, so no excuse for not reading it. But it's, it's saying exactly what you're saying. He was studying all membership programs. And once you got to a point where they were a client, there was a 70% chance you were going to keep them for the rest of their life. But until we get people used to using our solutions successfully and get the results they want, you know, they're at high risk. And, you know, investing the time up front it doesn't mean you, you know, if they reach that point, you ignore them, but it's a different right. service level because, you know, there's a huge difference of value with somebody that's ordered a hundred times from you in that first order type thing. That's right. Well, and we don't, we know that it's, it's way cheaper to keep someone than to, uh, to go out and try to find a new customer. And, and you uh, know, well, that's said so often, Randy, but, you know, the reality is it is. Um, I mean, acquisition costs are so high anymore We're, with all the noise in the marketplace. Yeah, there's cheaper ways over the Internet to get out there and everything else. But you're you know, you and I are not the only ones that know that. And so, you know, rising above and I want to go to because I think this is one, you know, you're a soft spoken guy You know, when we first met. Didn't, you know, there are guys in our mastermind groups that are loud because uh, it's a marketing <laughs> group, uh, some very loud. And but, you know, what you come across, you you walk the talk, the uh, integrity, the authenticity and and you bring that into your business. And I, I want people you know, to to our fellow entrepreneurs to understand the importance of that, because, you know, when you're fighting the noise, you know, you can shout louder. Um, yeah, that maybe get that one client, but if you want to have that long-term experience, that integrity and authenticity is just so powerful that you're doing. Well, I don't, you know, I think people have integrity or they don't. <laughs> I don't know that you can fake it. Uh, uh, a lot of people try. In my industry in particular, there's just a tremendous amount of fraud 
uh, bait and switch. It's easy. People don't know. Just take arm versus wild salmon. Most people can't tell the difference. And, and as you were saying earlier, a lot more people now understand there is a difference and they ask for wild, but they honestly really often don't know if they're getting or not, getting it or not. I personally experienced this countless times. And uh, so what, what we try to do is be that reliable solution. You're definitely going to get what you uh, what you're paying for when you shop with us. And, and I am very fortunate that I came from the industry. I spent 20 years there catching these things. So I know I know the industry. I know the fish sort of intimately, if you will. And uh, I think that's one advantage. That's one thing that sets us apart from buying your salmon on Amazon. Yeah, no, it's well, and it's and none of us like to be taken advantage. I mean, I was sharing before we turned on the camera, you know, a very high end restaurant in my little community that uh, unfortunately, you know, a great guy. I, I'd count him as a friend and uh, uh, he made a very big mistake. You know, they were having a hard time getting one kind of fish high end. I'll just, I don't want to give too much because then you can search on Google and find him. But then he uh, went ahead and uh, did a cheaper fish. And, you know, he probably saved over a course of a year that supposedly did it about $30,000, maybe a little more than that. Uh, the local uh, county's health came and fined him $100,000, which, you know, not insignificant for a restaurant. But the publicity that he got out of that probably cost him a couple million dollars because he had multiple restaurants in our town. And his reputation the, forever, yeah. right? I mean, you just can't recover from that. I, I would say that he's almost recovered now three years later. And had he not made a lot of money beforehand, you know, he went through savings and, you know, all kinds of employee turnover and family issues. And, you know, this is... You know, even if you're not moral, you should be, <laughs> you know, because you, you know, the, the pain of not doing it, you're getting caught is high. And then you can't remember what you said. Just do the right thing. I've always, you know. Well, so I, you know, I can understand that how a lot of people uh, can get in a really tight position where they, they've got a lot of customers, their customers want their fish. And if nature decides not to produce the fish that year or the boat that was going to deliver them, sinks or breaks yeah. down or whatever uh, there's just all kinds of reasons that that uh the supply could be interrupted and if you know less scrupulous people um can go buy something that looks just like it somewhere else uh, they do and, well and uh, i mean you were telling me the story on the sushi which uh you know the different types yes uh, and why don't you share that story because i, I think this authenticity you know you know, I can see somebody being upset. You have a restaurant. Uh, my wife likes only one kind of fish. And if they didn't have the fish, she would be very disappointed. On the other hand, she would appreciate the fellow saying, you know what, the boat burned down. The guy I have the contract. You know, whatever happened, happened. And, you know, the government tightened down, whatever it is, um, versus learning later that she had been tricked, that she thought she was eating this and wasn't. I mean, it just... It, you know, so, and then, you know, we're talking about fish, but this is in every walk of life, this happens. John, you know, I have a, one of my closest friends who, uh, you know, got a retirement settlement or he had, had a windfall of some sort, and he gave it to a local financial advisor who, to make a long story short, basically robbed him, yeah. and he lost it. <laughs> there are bad actors in every 
you know, sector, as we all know. And yeah. really, well, and the, most of them are pretenders, so they're just giving bad advice. Yes. But there's yeah. exploiters, you know, in every single industry. And we've got to be careful of both types. That's thing. right. That's right. So, uh, you know, it always comes down to, you know, finding people you can trust. And most people are so happy to do that, that once they do find you, whether you're a plumber or an electrician or a financial advisor or a fisherman, whatever, uh, people are going to stick with you. Uh, just... Well, that's, I, you know, it's, I've got a, a fairly large place and multiple businesses. And I tell you, when I find somebody's good, I, you know, I don't want them ever to leave type <laughs> thing. And as long as they're reasonably fair and equitable. Mind, you know, when you get somebody that you can trust. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, enough said on that, but, you know, make sure we're all doing it. And then I just want to come to back to health because, you know, one of the things that is so important and, you know, this is I, I look at it also on the financial side because of my background. You know, we get caught up in, you know, getting you know, basis points, little increases in return and save a little in taxes here and, you know, all esoteric. But, you know, what, what, what's important to all of us as entrepreneurs is the people we love, the causes we care about, and making a difference in the world. Well, finance is one, but I, I think even more important is health. And, you know, you've made that one of your passions and really one of the reasons you do what you do. Oh, it's, it's, it's so true. As I said, when I started the company, I didn't really know what an omega-3 was, the difference between fat and every other part of the fish. and. The, but I've had a uh, just a major ec education in the last 17 years, and for those of you, uh, your listeners who are familiar with the uh, the Colby scoring system, I'm a, a number nine fact finder. Basically, that means I will turn. I will turn. Well, that's very unusual walk. for most entrepreneurs. A lot of quick starter knives, but not too many fact finders. Not I am just will turn over every rock to get to the facts and the truth. And there's so much BS out there, and especially when it comes to seafood. I mean, I could just tell you so many stories about you know, all the baiting and switching and the myths and the misinformation and. And uh, but one of the things I've learned, I mean, I've gone to a lot of scientific conferences, nutrition conferences, and spoke to some of the, actually have some, my closest friends are now uh, leading, you know, nutrition scientists. And so I really feel like I have got to the bottom of, uh, and understand pretty well, almost on a molecular level, the nutrients that are in seafood and wild salmon. And uh, what very few people understand is that every single cell in our body our heart, heart tissue or muscle tissue or fat, our brains, our eyes, every single cell in our body has a lipid uh, uh, membrane that requires these omega-3 fats. And 99% of people in this country are deficient in them. And because every cell in our body uh, needs them, that when you are deficient, it can manifest itself in dozens of different diseases. Well, as National Academy of Science identified, uh, this was several years ago, 60 different chronic conditions linked to omega-3 fatty acid deficiency. So when I learned that I'm selling this fish that is one of the richest sources of that, I did get excited about it. And I, I have focused on sort of the health aspect of the food that, I, uh, that we sell. Um, you know, our friend Joe Polish says, uh, backing up just a second, you know, people will look at our website, they'll look at this 
these fish, these, the seafood we're selling, and they'll say, oh, it looks kind of expensive to me. And, uh, and as Joe says, uh, he tells a story of the, the million dollar racehorse. If you had a million dollar racehorse, what would you feed it? Well, you would feed it the best possible diet that you could, could feed it, and uh, money would be no expense. And uh, we are all million dollar racehorses, and we all need to be healthy because we're all running this race that we're running. And uh, so when you look at high quality seafood, the products that we're selling, they're probably one of the best values in food. I'm going to just flash on the screen. You know, the, that I, salmon looks awful that. good, too. <laughs> well, I'm not just saying that because I sell this. I mean, we have lots of customers. I'm not here trying to pitch my. Yeah. I, I love to get more customers like everybody would, but, but really I'm just so passionate about it because I've seen it makes such a difference in people, people, so many people's lives, including people very close to me that had been diagnosed for years with chronic or genetic conditions. And they kept getting prescriptions for drugs and creams and different topical solutions to mask the symptoms. Mm -hmm when I started learning more about this whole concept of the omega-3 and omega-6 ratio, and uh, we don't have time to go into it all today, but uh, when I learned about that and started applying it in my own family, there are just incredible differences. And there's very clear biological mechanisms that are going on there. But, uh, you know, sickness is so profitable. And there are just so many vested interests in the status quo it's almost impossible to get policy to reflect the science. We're seeing that now more than ever, probably. But uh, anyway, I'm just passionate about sharing that because there's nothing better than helping somebody get over something. Well, you know, and Randy, why don't you help us? You know, um, how if they do want to get started with you, and I'm going to put up the website. What what's the best way to get started? You know, not only because you know what I, I look at this is it's not only you know, the great food, but really getting your great client experience and seeing how another fellow entrepreneur is building a very successful business. But how would they get started best? Well, thanks, John. Uh, probably the easiest way is just go to vitalchoice.com and you will see a vital box in that uh, top menu. And basically that's just a subscription program where you can uh, Pick, the only choice you have to make is between one of the three different types of uh, offerings we have. One was just a salmon box, one is a salmon and whitefish box, and one is a salmon, whitefish, and shellfish, and they're all fantastic. And we developed this actually based on a conversation I had at one of our Genius Network meetings where somebody told me that they came to our website and they were just overwhelmed with all the choices and they, they just wanted me to send them some fish. So, <laughs> So we put together these three boxes and that's what we'll do. It's just super simple. And the thing is that once you have a chance to try it, you can figure out what you like, maybe you don't like as much, you want more of something or other. We can customize it going forward, but that's the easiest way I think to, to you know, for us to introduce uh, what we do, our products and our services. So your community. No, I appreciate Randy. And it's, it's a, uh, I can tell everybody that it is phenomenal and you don't want to miss it. But let me wrap up here real quick on, you know, kind of the, what are the key takeaways from this? And there's some good ones, you know, sometimes we get caught up that, geez, is there anything new? 
you know, there isn't a lot new. It's doing the right thing at the right time and, you know, being passionate. You know, let's pick businesses that we're really passionate. If we're not, you know, we can pivot, we can sell, we can, you know, but life's too short. Let's do something that we really are making a difference that we care about. Second, surround yourself with A players. I mean, there there was a time where we were doing factory work, everybody, that maybe some B players would be okay. But so many of us are in some type of knowledge type business and differentiating. You got to have A players. The quality of life that you get to have by having great people is just phenomenal. Uh, Customer, client experience, as Randy said. I mean, this is... This is the easiest one to drop and the, the lifetime value of clients are, are, is huge and you don't want to, you, you have to do that well. That's kind of, to me, table stakes. You got to nail the client experience, integrity and authenticity. I mean, I think Randy's a great example of that. And this is something that it's, again, easy not to do and you can get a pretty quick, quick start, but we've all seen businesses, maybe some of ours that have burned out Uh, because they weren't that. So, you know, we're in it for the long haul. And then health. uh, You know, it's funny. I don't think I ever heard the racehorse analogy from Joe being in his mastermind for nine years. But I I think that's, you got a million dollar, uh, you know, most of us, our largest capital asset, if we could reflect it on a net worth statement, is our own human capital. And, you know, just going out and eating junk food all the time is just crazy. And then you know, Randy, the salmon just tastes so damn good, too. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you very much for sharing your insights and making a difference. Uh, ASNation.com, go. Well, the links to Randy's site and, uh, you know, transcript, show notes and that type of thing. In the meantime, go out and make a difference. Your clients, your future clients, customers, they're all counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Thank you. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.